Hello and welcome back to the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we have our lovely co-host, Ashley Downing. Hey, everybody. All right, guys. So, uh, of course, we have some super fucking sad news today uh, that we got early on in the morning or little, little on in the morning, finding out that... Our man, Bernie Sanders, Bernard Sanders of Vermont, has decided to drop out of the presidential race uh, against Joe Biden. So once again, clearing the way for Joe Biden, a uh, clear way to ha- for the nomination to ha- uh, for him against Donald Trump uh, in November when it comes to the general election. So, um, I have a lot of mixed feelings to be honest, guys, and that's all. That's literally all we're going to talk about today. We're just going to talk <laughs> about. We're just going to talk about. Um, it's worth it. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, honestly, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it, um, but I'm going to really focus on delivering on the the things that can deliver the most results to, for us and our movement. So. Let's start off by talking about how he really got here, right? So he ran in, basically uh, ran two, two presidential runs, right? One in 2016, one now in 2020. In 2016, he ran against another neoliberal candidate, uh, Hillary Clinton, as we all know. Um, and she was, of course, dubbed the most experienced candidate to ever run. Uh, or most qualified, I believe, because of her experience, right? Um, So in 2020, we're, of course, we're also facing another neoliberal candidate and another member of President Obama's cabinet, uh, not cabinet, really, uh, his administration, Vice President Joe Biden, of course. Um, Although Joe Biden is not half the candidate that Hillary Clinton was. Although, of course, she had her baggage, and as we all know, so does Joe Biden. But I guess um, it, Bernie Sanders didn't rape enough kids or have any have oh enough sexual allega- <laughs> have enough sexual allegations against him to um, to win the nomination uh, for the Democrats. So uh, <laughs> let's. Um, talk about like our frustrations when he lost in 2016 so in 2016 when he lost he lost at a time when he was basically the last person again so um we had all these candidates it was down to hillary bernie and uh, once again, she swept all of the like those southern states. Uh, Bernie Sanders got like Michigan, uh, all the big states, California, New York, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and Bernie Sanders got pummeled by the DNC in the end. Um, and they intervened, of course, as we all know. And the DNC, the chair of the DNC even had to resign because of that scandal. And what ended up happening there when they intervened in 2016 with Hillary Clinton is they were caught sending emails between each other. Uh, The leadership of the Democratic National Committee, which is what the DNC stands for. Um, And they were caught talking about Bernie Sanders and what was the best way to 
to sabotage his campaign really against the, the Clinton campaign because as we all know they were Clinton was the anointed one she had the political machine behind her she had um, the entire establishment behind her um, when the super delegates was still a thing in the in the first round of the process she had a, a, an astronomical amount of them because all those people that were super delegates are um, or they were representatives of the political the democratic mm-hmm. political establishment you know so she already had that shit locked up in the bag and that was like half the delegates and basically all she had to do was win a few states and she would have nabbed it in the bag so Bernie Sanders influencing their platform kind of changed that in 2020 but it doesn't take away from the fact that a the DNC intervened Demi Wasserman Schultz intervened clearly Donna Brazil intervened by giving Hillary Clinton the questions to the interviews um, on the uh, not the interviews the debates they would give her campaign the questions before they would ask them and that's fucked up when it's supposed to be a fair a fair go for every candidate involved yeah it's it's um, just crazy this is the second time that they, this has clearly happened I mean it's very obvious as well absolutely so it's really annoying uh, to have this happen again and we're going to talk about how this is quote unquote happening again right so um, in 2020 what we saw this time was once again uh, well this time what was different about it is that Bernie Sanders actually came into it a strong well known well funded candidate from the beginning which was different from 2016 what he did differently was that he actually won the first few states he won uh, Iowa New Hampshire I mean he did that also in 2016 but this time he did it more handily he did it like a professional he did it with way more candidates this time around you know and I want to say he had higher percentages overall voters in and those like Nevada yeah. the last state that he won in that that kind of like string of states that he won in the beginning he crushed that state and a lot of people were saying in the beginning mm-hmm. when he was winning like the Iowa New Hampshire like those kinds of states they were saying that those voters don't represent the whole nation and that they were diverse enough to represent everybody uh, so they used it as an excuse and then when he, they went to uh, when Bernie Sanders handedly won uh, Nevada and uh, won a crushing victory there they they basically couldn't say shit because that was an extremely diverse um, amount of uh, population mm-hmm. and what happened after that was the fifth state was South Carolina and as we all know what happened there was Jim Clyborne came and saved the day uh, saved Joe Biden a few days before they were set to vote there. And every poll leading up to that that week and that uh, that um, time where they had to go to the, the polls, Bernie Sanders was being shown to win uh, a lot of these states. But that was assuming that all of these candidates were going to still be in. But having the endorsement of Jim Clyburn alone 
helped him immensely. Yeah. I, and I'm, of course, I'm talking about Joe Biden because he ended up winning South Carolina, saving his campaign uh, and saving the momentum, of course, or his nomination towards uh, or his path towards the nomination. And then receiving further um, more endorsements, which just further catapulted mm-hmm. his campaign. All of these, literally every single, <laughs> it seemed like, I mean, not literally, but it seemed like every presidential candidate that was running endorsed Joe Biden, Democratic presidential candidate. Absolutely. Ugh. And then once again, that happened on one of the biggest chunks of the pie that you could collect, which was Super Tuesday, Mm -hmm. in which 14 states voted. Um, I believe there was around 900 delegates up. I think it was 991 is what I believe it was. But I'm not. I thought it was a. I thought oh, it was, was it? more than a thousand because oh, California you're right. was you're right, like 700 right. and something. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so it's probably more than that. But the point is that during that time, all of these candidates that were formally in there and that were expected to be in the race longer dropped out. So all of the moderate candidates dropped out, endorsed Joe Biden consolidating the moderate vote of the Democratic Party. And, but what was interesting in, in that scenario was we only had one moderate c- candidate to choose from, and voters had two progressive candidates to choose from. And this was critical for Elizabeth Warren to stay in that race because if she had not, there was a possibility that. Bernie Sanders could have won South Carolina. Especially with her endorsement, that could have made a difference. But... I agree. And then, of course, uh, Tulsi Gabbard was still in there at that time. Not saying that she got any of the votes, but the point was that she should have endorsed him as well. Dropped out and endorsed him. So that it would have been... We have all the moderates behind one candidate and all of the progressives behind another one. The two ideologies of the Democratic Party, basically, to see who wins, who comes out on top. And to me, the reason why I don't see this as fair is because all of these candidates, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, uh, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, everybody, you name it, Andrew Yang, uh, Susan Rice, not even candidates before, like fucking just establishment, establishment people that are in support of Joe Biden. It, it's an anointment. It, it's very reminiscent of 2016 when the superdelegates, I think they think that they still have that power over us, you know? And it seems that that's what happened in that case. They forced um, all of this media, all of this hype, and they used the, the media to talk about how many endorsements Joe Biden was getting and how much Mm -hmm. that means that Bernie Sanders is slacking. And he really was. But with his own party. Well, and let's not forget... Yeah, and let's not forget, too, that there were a lot of news stations, even news stations that lean left 
that were talking about Bernie Sanders as, um, I don't want to say talking him down, but questioning his socialist policies, asking, is the country really ready for something like this? I mean, just by insinuating something like that and the fact that all news outlets were (laughs) were doing that at the time, I mean, it's not, yeah. They're all in cahoots. Yeah, uh, it's, don't believe them when they say, like, it's not uh, a joined effort because there's no way in hell it's not. There's no way in fucking hell it's not. It's sad. I used to try to always... Well, in general, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I would used to always think that about politics, you know. People go into politics because because that's why I enjoy politics, you know. I like to I like to help people and come up with realistic strategies for doing that. Um, yeah, no. Um, there's not a lot of politicians out there that, <laughs> that actually want to do that. And it's what sad. I want people to definitely remember is, and this is something that I tell a lot of people over and over again, is what did people, what did the voters, who did the voters choose when they had a plethora of candidates to choose from? Who did they choose when they had literally everybody? Like, you guys saw the the laundry list of everybody, all the Democrats joining in to run in 2020. Like, names you haven't even heard. I'm sure if I went off every single name in 2020 of all these candidates, you wouldn't even know. Michael Bennett. Like, I guarantee maybe like five (laughs) or ten of them if you are, like, in tune with politics. Or not. (laughs) That too. Like, that one was new to me. But she was an author. (laughs) So, I mean, uh, I don't know. The point was that Bernie Sanders was the one that won handedly when all of the candidates were in and they all spoke their truth to the people directly. As we all know, the presidential election is a process. And it starts years in advance with preparation and groundwork being put, especially in the first states that get to vote in the nation, which is why they get tons of attention during the presidential election, is Iowa, New Hampshire, those like first states. So I think it's extremely incredible. I mean, it's extremely important to remember why and or what happened when they when everybody was in the race when you could take your pick for anybody you know so that that's the real will of the people in my eyes in my eyes that not not the democratic establishment coming in telling you this is who i want you're gonna take him and if you don't if you don't vote blue no matter who then you're gonna get trump and that's called fear-mongering people that is fear-mongering and that is not unique to that is not unique <laughs> to the Republican Party which it often is touted as it is by the Democrats the democratic is the democratic party obviously is doing it we see it here as well but we see it time and time again we're being told vote blue no matter who uh, choose the lesser of two evils but why why? Why can't we vote our conscience? 
why can't we vote for someone that we emphatically support? We actually support their policies. We want to see them come to fruition. But no, we are often time and time again given these neoliberal candidates that neither do anything for us and, but actually completely do the exact opposite and further plunge this country into a hole of despair that who knows when the fuck we're going to get out of this hole. You already see like the, the, national, um, the national debt increasing at an alarming rates. We've already spent $10 trillion, 10 plus trillion dollars in the last like couple weeks alone. Like, are you guys fucking serious? You know, I really like what you had said about the primary and about how at the beginning of this whole presidential, well, I want to say more like this 2020, um, when the debate started and there were a ton of Democratic candidates and Bernie really did have overwhelming support in comparison to other candidates. And then it's it's interesting, but not interesting to people who understand what's going on and follow this kind of crap, um, how swiftly the DNC recognized the, this repeat of 2016. And it's like, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, it's almost like they were afraid of Bernie. They didn't want him to win. They, they try everything they could to snuff him out in 2016 and then they very clearly made sure that Biden was going to be the 2020 candidate um, this this time and um, I don't know it's I you're right it's very telling that he had so much support when no when no one really could interfere right when the DNC really wasn't um, meddling per se and people were actually tuning into the debates and watching and giving their own opinion absolutely and that well and now you're not really given an opinion right <laughs> biden or for biden. real biden or fucking joe biden i mean like so what do we do bennett do we vote third party do we do we not vote at all do we vote for biden blue no matter who I, <laughs> I will give you guys, I will tell you guys what I am going to do. In this, like, in, in this election, when it comes to the general, um, I am going to write in Bernie Sanders for president. And mm. I am just going to vote like how I normally vote for all the other statewide and local elections that are on my ballot and other initiatives there. Uh, So that's a consensus I've come to, and let me explain a little bit why that is. So right now, as I explained to you guys very early on in the episode here, that I'm just super, super fucking pissed off with how everybody, how everything is turned out, uh, out to be, and how reminiscent 20 is of 2016. And honestly, I'm just tired beyond tired of the democratic establishment treating us like shit like not only the dnc 
but the entire democratic establishment. That means the actual representatives themselves, the senators, the congressmen, all these people in power that we put in there. And what I mean by when they treat us like shit is that they don't give a fuck about what you actually want. You know? It's true. If you want... And no, I'm just going to read, like, like this post that I wrote on Facebook honestly inspired this episode because <laughs> I've been feeling some type of way all day. And I'm just going to read you... Uh, well, of course, because of the news of Bernie Sanders dropping out. Uh, I'm just going to read you my Facebook post. And a quote, this is my second presidential election that I participated in. I'm only 25 and I'm already fed up with this voting for the lesser of two evils bullshit. I want real change. And to get real change, we have to leverage the only power we have over Washington. And that's our vote. We must realize that when we vote blue, no matter who, you relinquish your power and influence over the politicians. That's why they almost never get anything done that most people want them to do on issues such as healthcare, gun rights, etc. It's fucked up. I will not condone their behavior and I'm fed the fuck up with it. Rant over. Um, but overall, I'm just, like I said in that post there, I, I'm fed up with seeing the DNC doing everything in their power to suppress the progressives in the party. Like, why the fuck are we in there in the first place if all they're doing is shutting us out of everything we want to do? They're telling us... We see time and time again the establishment can, establishment Democrats telling us we cannot do this or do that. That it's a pie in the sky to to want to save the planet and spend what we need to spend on the Green New Deal, even though it's going to save us trillions of dollars in the long run. Same thing when it comes to healthcare, when it comes to universal uh, uh, universal healthcare for everybody, Medicare for all, in Bernie Sanders' case. Even though the plan, and it's been proven by economists at Yale to that the Medicare for All plan touted by Bernie Sanders is, it's going to save us a shit ton of money, trillions of dollars or billions of dollars along the years, um, as opposed to our current trajectory. And it's just absolutely insane that even though we have sensible policies, even though the majority of the people are all are on our side and we are winning or Bernie Sanders wins the ideological debate aka he wins the substance he wins the policy debates he loses the illusion that most voters have of politicians that they have to be that they have to look a certain way that they have to be well liked or some shit for whatever reason a lot of voters thought that joe <coughs> biden can be yeah that fit he that fit that criteria. criteria and that he can beat <laughs> donald trump and that's why most voters support him right that's why he beat bernie sanders in the end is because most people think that he can beat trump more than bernie can and what kind of yeah 
well, and that, and it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. It, it, how? Why can't we just vote for somebody who whose policies we align closest with? Why can't we vote for somebody who we truly want to actually be in the seat of the president of the United States? Why do we have to vote for the lesser of two evils? Or in this case, vote for somebody who's going to beat Trump. I mean, I don't even think it's it's voting the lesser of two evils. I think it's just voting for someone who's not Trump. People would vote for, because the way that this country is set up is that it's Democrat versus Republican. The majority of people want a third party in this country, but there currently is not really a third party that is a real contender in the presidential race. So with that being said, it does seem like it's really you vote for Trump or you vote for whoever else is on the Democratic ticket that whoever's on the Democratic ticket, because that person means it's they're not going to be Trump. And that's sad, really. I mean, it really is sad. That's why people are voting for Biden, because, oh, hey, he's that other person that's on that ticket that doesn't say Trump. Or you know what another good one is that, uh, oh, I'm not going to vote for uh, Bernie Sanders because I don't agree. I, I, I don't agree with his Bernie bros or whatever. I think they're trash or like. Or I hate the way they are online. They're like they're vi- or they're vicious or some shit. Like any any type of comment about that shit is just oh makes me want to pull my fucking hair out <laughs> because it's stupid. It's stupid to attack the supporters of a candidate because how can a candidate control the uh, what any one of their supporters are gonna say? And it's not people act like it's unique to Bernie Sanders supporters. Like, the people that were just talking shit to me on my own posts, my own family members were fucking Buttigieg supporters. And they're being, uh, they were name-calling me. So, like, fuck, fuck that. It's not unique to anybody. It's not unique to any one candidate. And for that just goes to show, like, how much the media brainwashes people. For people to actually make a conscious decision to not vote for somebody based on some superficial bullshit like that like who gives a fuck what the the supporters say like you're not voting for the supporter you're voting for the fucking candidate yeah well and let's not forget too that this whole thing that has to do with um the the democratic candidate it what it really comes down to is it, at least like right now right because of this current situation that we're in with Biden People are not voting for Biden because they want him to be the president of the United States. I truly believe that. I do not think that there are a majority of Americans who want Joe Biden to be the next president of the United States. I also do not think that the majority of Americans want Donald Trump to be the next president of the United States. In contrast, I think there there was a very large base of Bernie supporters that genuinely, full-heartedly wanted and believed in his policies. Really and quick he with that, really I just wanted to mention that, that what I want a lot of people to remember from this is that there was, when it comes to the issue of electability, that there was a lot of Bernie supporters who would not, if Bernie Sanders was not the nominee, they would not support the other candidate. 
they're not going to support Joe Biden. And the same was, and the same yep. was not true. The same yeah, is not I true for Bernie, for Joe Biden supporters. Like I said before, their their support behind him was more on the yeah. basis of electability. They think he can win. Which is why I think Bernie Sanders would have been the best candidate to go up against Trump because Trump's base of voters are very similar to Bernie's base of voters in that they are very loyal to him. I think that the same amount of people are the same people who wanted Bernie Sanders in 2016 still wanted Bernie Sanders in 2020. Um, and Trump was able to rally a huge amount of people behind him in a short amount of time and end up becoming the next president of the United States. Um, so I think that he, in order to beat Donald Trump, you need to put somebody up against Donald Trump that is, I don't even really want to use the word similar, but, <laughs> but sort of because um, in the way that they can rally people. Because I don't think that Biden is going to be able to gain the support that Trump did in order to win in 2016. I mean, I don't see anybody really going out to be fucking waving any flags or jumping up and down to vote for Joe Biden. Um, I don't know. I personally don't know anybody like that. No, fuck that. No, you don't want to knock doors? You don't want to knock doors for him? I'll vote. I'll knock doors against <laughs> Actually, no, I won't because that's in favor of Trump. And I'm not going to do that either. Okay, so we, I feel like we have to talk about this, though, because this is my first reaction. Not voting for Biden could potentially mean you're voting, I don't want to say voting for Trump, but you're sort of voting not to count. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to say that. If you don't vote for Biden and you don't, then you're, and you don't vote for Trump, obviously, then is your vote really going to make a difference it's not make any in difference who at is all going to be the next president? Um, my, my, my message when I want to write in Bernie Sanders is to the DNC. It's to the political establishment. It's to show them that you can't tell me what the yeah. fuck to do. You can't shove any candidate down my throat. You, no matter how many people endorse another candidate, you're established, you're king or queen, whoever the fuck you want to put up there, whether they're gay, straight, whatever, whatever if they're black, anything like that, they're going to keep throwing all these curveballs at you to get you to vote for them. But the point is, they're bullshit candidates. And that's why they're they're being massively upheld by the media and the the political establishment. That's why. So, yeah. And do you think that it is worth this political message? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, yes. I think this is necessary. Because if what I do does not happen, then they don't see, there is no proof that I, 
that I, there are any voters that think the way that I do. You know, they they need to see the lesson. Like they're losing sure. voters because of the shit they're doing, and their their whole tactic is that. See how fucking insane this is. Listen to this. Chuck Schumer was uh, caught on TV, or not caught on TV. He was uh, shown on TV talking about how um, they're willing to sacrifice on their more progressive policies and lose potentially lose out on voters in areas like um, Pennsylvania or whatnot with those progressive voters. And their mission or their goal, hopefully, is to pick up maybe like two, three, four in like rural, like, west virginia and like all these like other like random states like what kind of tactic is this like are you are you guys seriously trying to be fucking moderates again like i know you're you're trying to put like your guy up there like joe biden who's like the definition of a fucking moderate or a centrist but i mean when are you guys gonna get that this is a fucking losing strategy like if you want to win look at trump trump rallied against his own party he he threw Jeb Bush, the, the a Bush, a Bush, one of the dynasty. There was two Bush presidents. Do you know how? And he was the most well-funded one in the very beginning in 2016 of the Republicans. Donald Trump handed him, ate his ass for breakfast, ate Marco Rubio for breakfast, Ted Cruz, all these people. He rallied against him. He didn't give a fuck. He made 9-11 references to uh, Jeb Bush about his brother and how all that stuff happened. How um, how his mom should have ran against against Donald Trump instead of him. Made all these kinds of jokes, but was straight to the point and reflected the sentiment of the people. And that's why he that's why he won because he's a populist, or at least he paints you know, a picture that way. Whether or not he is in reality is a different story. But he presents himself as a populist of the right. Now, the opposite of that would have been, the answer would have been a populist on the left, which would have been Bernie Sanders. But if you guys want to fucking lose, put Joe Biden and you're going to get a losing equation on the side of the Democrats. But go ahead and say whatever you're going to say. I mean... The more that I think about it, I mean, in all honesty, and we've talked about this on previous episodes before, I don't really think that Biden necessarily has a great shot against Trump anyways. Um, Just because for for boatloads of reasons we have discussed, number one, that he has dementia. But um, (laughs) um, I, I almost wonder, though, if... And part of me is like playing devil's advocate, but the other part is just genuinely curious. I think that there is something to be said about working with the system to change the system. And I think that that's sort of what um, like AOC is doing and like, cause there are very progressive Democrats in pol- uh, that are in politics now that I believe are genuinely trying to make that progressive push. Um, But, and I would almost consider AOC more of like a socialist Democrat than a progressive Democrat even. But um, is it, I don't know. I, I, I almost, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not happy with the DNC. I think that they're corrupt. I think that what they're doing in primary elections in general has always happened, not just with Bernie Sanders, 
um, this that's true. I this um, take takeover of the primary and putting forth this establishment candidate, this moderate Democrat. Um, I do not agree with that, but maybe this is just us coming out of our um, like us moving forward and it, slowly but surely. And I know I hate saying that, but we will get to that progressive stage that we want to get to. But maybe the the whole Democratic Party will get there because there are a lot of people who are getting to that point now. I mean, just see how many people were behind Bernie Sanders as a Democratic candidate. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is the new Democratic Party. If we could just <laughs> knock out a few people in the DNC and replace I'm gonna them. I'm going to share people. a quote that I think is very helpful with this kind of situation. And that is, one cannot simply... <laughs> Uh, have a revolution within a counter-revolutionary party. And that was said by Jill Stein in 2016. Of course, about about Bernie Sanders. But I don't think that they are in... I don't think that the Democratic Party... I think the future of the Democratic Party... Let me rephrase. I think the future of the Democratic Party is not an anti-revolutionary party. I think that right now they are scared because Republicans want the status quo. They want to go back to the, well, they probably want to go farther, right? They want to go back to like the leave it to be for days. But um, Democrats are trying to align themselves more with that to receive more votes because they believe that there are a lot of these, the older generations that want this, this, these, the, that leave it to be your days, these older type of policies, these moderate policies. But the fact of the matter is, sorry guys, but you're not going to be around that much longer. And the future of America is progressive. Millennials, the majority of millennials are progressive. And so I just see the Democratic Party shifting farther and farther left in a good way. Um, so I don't know. I don't I completely wholeheartedly disagree. And let me tell you why. So and this is going to come out as like a mini history lesson. Um, But actually, you mentioned this earlier as well, that this isn't the first time nor the second time that they've done this. This is not new to them at all. This is business as usual. And. And this is but let's also say, though, this is the Democrat. This is the Democratic the process, process for both sides. It's not the same primary process. And Democrat. It's not the same. Well, okay. Well, they they still push a candidate and there's still one candidate at the end that okay. comes out versus the other. So, they, it's still the same thing. There's still media that's pushing but one we're talking, or the other. We're talking like specifically Trump, about how the Democratic Party is not counter-revolutionary. And you're talking about the media, right? Um, but oh, I sure. want to talk about how they are continuing business as usual since their very existence. Like, they're very used to pushing out the progressive voices in their party 
the last really progressive president that we had um, that was voted three times uh, into office and had that precedent put into or the amendment putting in put into the constitution to only allow for two terms for the presidency because of uh, Franklin Delano Franklin Delano Roosevelt's presidency. And of course, he let mm-hmm. us uh, out. Uh, he defeated polio. He let us out of World War II, out of the, gro- uh, the Great Depression, gave us the Green New Deal. That's where a lot of Bernie's policies come from. And the reason why I bring up FDR is because even him being so beloved as a president and having that much support, his vice president, Henry Wallace, after uh, FDR stepped down, he ran for the presidency and one of those other candidates was, as we know, Harry Truman. And even though the democratic process gave 60%, the population gave 60% of the support to Henry Wallace, who won. The democratic bosses said, fuck you, you're not going to take this, we don't give a fuck. And they gave it to Harry Truman, who basically didn't know what he was doing and skirted by um, by doing so. But the party bosses once again intervened. And my point there is even in the 30s, um, in the 80s, and the 90s, in the mid-2000s, or in, the, or in 2020, like we are now, the Democratic Party will not change. They're not going to change the way they do business they are very used to it. Them and the Republicans, the two-party duopoly have a hold over America and that's why things don't get done. It's because we don't have ranked choice voting. We, we have the illusion of choice and that extends far beyond just politics. You know, and that's, that's, that's my problem with it, you know? like I would agree. I... I just want this to be like, I'm not fucking like, I'm not any radical. I just want to have a fucking like safe, uh, transparent. I want to have a good candidate that will support the majority of the people and not just a few of us. Like, am I crazy for that? Like, you can call me a radical. You can call me all like all the names you want, but no. I only want what's good for I- most people. Well, and I think, too, what it really comes down to is I just want a voice. I want to know that my vote is going to count. I know for the longest time I didn't would say that my vote didn't count because of the Electoral College. Whomever you vote for, your delegates can essentially vote for somebody else. Um, And they don't normally, but it does happen. Um, And then there's also the whole popular vote versus electoral college if you don't win enough delegates if you don't win enough states no matter if you have the, the majority of the popular the vote you don't have the majority of the delegates so it doesn't matter um but now it just seems that even before you cast your ballot you your vote your voice and your vote has already been diminished um from this whole primary process where you have one candidate overtaking the uh, all the others 
Um, and then it, it kind of seems like other people are just put into a category. You either have to vote for this person because you're a Democrat or you vote for this person because you're a Republican. And I guess that's kind of what you said, like the illusion of choice. Well, I choose, I am a Democrat. That's who I choose to be. So that's who I'm voting for. Um, so I guess I kind of see that, but I, I, um, I agree with you. I, I, I want to vote for somebody and know that my vote is my But you vote. also don't agree <laughs> with me. that's I wanted to vote for. But you also don't agree Not with because me that's because who I'm told to you're going to vote for Joe Biden. Um, that is not true. I'm, 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 my mind is, oh, my mind really? is running <laughs> with what to do now that Bernie has, Bernie has, this is a big election for me. I have not voted in a presidential election for many reasons. Um, and so this is a very big deal for me. I want to, I want, I don't, I purposely have not voted in the past because I put too much thought into voting. So, so I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know. uh, all, all we can do is just, I mean, at this point, see where the fuck it goes. Um, but I think this is a good place to drop off. Um, let's just see what yeah. happens. If everybody voted their conscience, I'm sure we would have a better country, a better world than we currently do. But the sad reality is that most Americans do not vote. And those that do are easily swayed by what the media tells them without knowing. Yeah. Which is the only reason, which is the only reason why I can, why I can see myself writing in Bernie instead of voting for Biden. But that is something very, that is a very serious decision in my eyes because I'm seriously voting sort of for Trump if I do that. So it's like very, it's, mm, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a big, long pro. Well, I can't wait list. to see it. Um, so let's wrap it up. Maybe we will. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe okay, I'll post so it. once again, guys, thank you so much <laughs> for tuning in to this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. Um, all of this back and forth between me and Ashley, um, or Ashley and I. I just, I just wanted to, re- I, I was actually really excited for this podcast, especially because I have been feeling so (laughs) many things all day about this. And I've been reading so many tweets from people on Twitter and like people's reactions on Facebook and all across the social media platforms about this. And there are so many different feelings out there. Um, Of course, for the progressives, we feel deep despair to have someone that is really the leader of our movement fall from being the the most well-funded like candidate out of them all and uh, like doing the best to or the, the one-time front front runner to now dropping out once again after the DNC's intervention so so the struggle continues just like Bernie says oh I also wanted to mention really quick um Bernie Sanders did, even though a lot of the headlines say he dropped out, <laughs> he actually suspended his campaign. 
So what that means is that he's going to still be on the ballot. I know I mentioned it when I was talking that I, I'm going to write him in, uh, but he will be on the ballot in the upcoming states um, outside well, yeah, of true. the general election, still within mm-hmm. the primary. So be sure to still vote for Bernie Sanders. Yes, because we Bernie Sanders' objective is to get enough delegates <laughs> so that he can influence the party's platform once again, which in my eyes doesn't really have that much of a difference or make that much of a difference in the long run. But I mean, something, something, and I'll take anything from these fuckers at this point. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to make sure I said that and we will see you next time, guys. Thanks again. I mean, these are troubling times, but of course, we will keep our audience updated. But I think this is a great place to wrap up. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of this podcast. Your word of mouth is our oxygen. So please give us a five-star rating on um, Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. Yes. And... Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dogs, tell your cats, <laughs> uh, tell everybody about uh, your new progressive podcast that you're listening to with your homies, Bennett and Ashley, who update you on the latest and greatest in the news, um, which we're happy to do. Of course, follow us also on Facebook at The Oligarchy Disruptor. You can follow us on Twitter at Ben the Disruptor and Ashley at Ash the Disruptor. Absolutely. And also, guys, please do not forget to vote. I know with all this coronavirus shit, it's very easy to forget what's going on right now. But um, what I mean is like the election and stuff that's also going on simultaneously in the background. But over half the nation has not cast their vote yet. So it is very important that you vote in the primaries up until the general election which we will go to face Donald Trump so I'll leave it to the queen of voting to give you her spiel about (laughs) that so I'll go ahead alright everybody yes don't forget to vote Um, if you do not know where your polling place is perfect website it's called yourfuckingpollingplace.com And it's very simple. Just type in your address, press OK, and your polling place will show up um, in the times that they're open. Again, that's yourfuckingpollingplace.com. And then, um, oh yeah, any questions you have about voting, so what your registration status is, um, if you can same day register to vote. I think a lot of states, um, actually I'm not going to say that because I'm not totally sure about how um, states are. I know in Illinois they stopped voter registration online quite a few weeks before the actual um, election, but a lot of states have same-day registration. Um, If you aren't really sure what else is going to be on your ballot, there's also a little section for you to see what's on your ballot. And this website is called rockthevote.org. Super awesome. And there's lots of questions. Uh, That's rockthevote.org. Don't forget to vote, guys. All right, guys, once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Your word of mouth is our oxygen. So we will leave it there. Thank you once again, and we will see you next time.